Chapter 9 of Catherine von Bora, Dr. Martin Luther's Wife by Armin Stein, translated by E. A. Enlich. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9, A Day of Rejoicing. The rooks who lodged among the gray walls of the Augustinian convent at Wittenberg peeped curiously forth from their nests to discover the cause of the unwanted activity throughout the silent house. They were accustomed to being left in undisputed possession, but now they fluttered about in dismay as many people, busily coming and going, carried in all manner of household goods, such as seemed to them ill-suited to a convent. Still greater was their surprise when the kind monk, who had daily thrown them a few handfuls of grain, no longer showed himself, and they were forced to fly abroad for their daily bread. A bustling activity had now entered the lonely old house. With busy haste, Frau Elsa went in and out. The large room overlooking the court was being freshly painted under her directions and supplied with costly furniture. She came each day to feast her eyes upon the pleasant home she was preparing for her beloved Kate. But she kept the door carefully locked and the key hidden in her pocket, for Kate was to know nothing of this until the day when Luther would bring his bride to his home, which was to be on the 27th of June. As the day grew near, the commotion increased, and Frau Elsa saw with heartfelt joy how persons of all degrees sought to testify to Dr. Martin their love and devotion. Her eyes filled with tears when one day an aged peasant woman came hobbling in on her crutch. She brought in a basket a hen and six little chicks, saying that she must give something to the man who, like the Savior of old, had restored to a widowed mother her only son for at Luther's word the convent gates had opened and her son had come back to her. Many others came with stores for the kitchen and larder, and Frau Elsa could scarcely find room for so many provisions. Shortly before the appointed day, the Senate of Wittenberg sent as a token of its esteem a barrel of Einbeck beer and twenty gold florins for the doctor, and for Mistress Catherine a piece of fine Swabian linen, together with the written promise to supply the newly wedded couple for one year with table wine. On the following day, the University of Wittenberg sent to the greatest of its teachers a huge silver tankard lined with gold and richly chased. The inscription reads thus, The Honorable University of the City of Wittenberg sends this bridal gift to Dr. Martin Luther and Catherine von Bora in the year 1525 on Tuesday after the Feast of St. John the Baptist. Frau Elsa was busily arranging the many wedding gifts about the room. With a smile, she said to herself, what will the doctor say to all these tokens of affection after he had strictly forbidden all gifts from his friends? When a wagon rolled into the court and the elector's serving men unloaded a large wild boar and two roebucks, they charged the wondering Elsa with a greeting from the court preacher Spalatin to Dr. Luther, and in the confusion of her happiness, she had well-nigh embraced the bearer of the message. Meanwhile, Luther sat in his cell writing the last of his wedding invitations. A number of letters had already been dispatched to more distant friends, to his aged parents at Mansfeld, to the three senators of that town, to his friends at Altenburg, Spalatin and Link, and to Amstorf and others in Magdeburg. This last one had almost been forgotten, although it should have been the first, being directed to the merchant Leonard Kopke in Torgau, without whose deed of mercy Luther had doubtless never seen his Kate. Dear and Reverend Father Pryor, it ran, you know what has befallen, namely that the nun whom two years ago you rescued from one convent is about to enter another, not, however, to take the veil, but to become the housewife of Dr. Luther, who heretofore has dwelt alone in the old forsaken Augustinian monastery in Wittenberg. God delights in preparing surprises, both for me and for the world. 
I pray you, therefore, to come to my wedding on the Tuesday after the feast of St. John the Baptist, but without gifts. The important day had arrived. All Wittenberg was in a flutter of festive excitement, and many fervent prayers ascended heavenward. In the convent, a distinguished company sat at table with Dr. Martin, at whose side Catherine, in wordless bliss, heard what the guests had to say in praise of the newly wedded pair. She was as one in a dream. She felt as though she were lifted from the condition of a servant to that of a queen, for he who sat beside her was a king indeed in the realms of thought, his sovereignty being attested alike by the praise of his friends and by the deadly hatred of his foes. And she, the humble maiden, was henceforth to stand nearer to this great man than the most intimate of his friends, nearer than Melanchthon or Cronach or Bugenhagen or Jonas. She pressed her hand to her heart to still its beating, and the prayers rose from her soul, Lord, help me, lest I grow proud. Keep me humble always. Notwithstanding the happiness which beamed from Luther's face, a certain restlessness was perceptible in his manner, and he whispered to Catherine, Now I shall hope no longer. God has seen fit to deny me this wish, lest there be too much of joy. Catherine understood. Suddenly the student, John Feister, who acted as cupbearer, announced that an aged couple stood without who desired to see Dr. Martin. Luther ordered them to be brought in, and presently two old people, in the dress of the Mansfeld peasants, appeared at the door where they paused, as if startled at the sight of so large a company. Luther had risen from his seat, and as he hastened toward them, the old woman stretched out her arms and cried, My son Martin! She sank upon her son's breast and wept aloud. Luther disengaged himself for a moment to greet his father. Dearest father, you are a thousand times welcome. I have heartily desired to know whether you have forgotten your disobedient son. God has led me by wondrous ways, and we must bless his name, for whatsoever he begins, he carries out most gloriously. He turned, and pointing to Catherine, who had come nearer, said, Father, this is your daughter. The old man trembled, and lifting his clasped hands, he exclaimed, now I will gladly die, since my eyes have seen this day. Martin, you are again my son indeed, and old Hans Luther is a happy father. The wedding guests surrounded the old people to whom the place of honor beside the bridal pair was assigned, and Dr. Martin said, My happiness is now complete. I had asked this one thing of the Lord, that today I might see my dear parents face to face, and he has heard my prayer. This I accept as a special token of his favor, and will thank him therefore as long as I live. End of chapter 9